Can we fix All-Star Weekend? Is Rasmus Dahlin going to win the Norris Trophy? And are we getting close to a Dylan Cousins contract? All that ahead on Lockdown Sabres. Your Locked On Sabres, your daily podcast on the Buffalo Sabres. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Locked On Sabres your first listen every day, your team every day. And we got a lot of stuff here on today's show at Sneaky Joe Sports to follow me on Twitter at Lockdown Sabres to follow the podcast account. And you can go to our YouTube channel and you can search for uh, Lockdown Sabres where you can find us there as well. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Lockdown. Make every moment more with FanDuel.com slash Lockdown today to get started. Again, lots to get to on today's show. We'll look at Rasmus Dahlin and the Norris chase after he had a, a pretty solid all-star weekend, I would say, as much as you can really have one. Uh, talk about all-star weekend in general. And uh, just kind of a grab bag a little bit later on in today's show. Dylan Cousins' contract. We have a report on that. We have uh, Patrick Kane reports coming out of Chicago about what might happen with him coming up in the next little bit. And a couple of teams around the Sabres in the playoff race are back in action on Monday as the Sabres are off until Saturday. So, all that ahead. But, is there a fix to All-Star Weekend? This is a show that every sports talk radio, sports talk podcast host has had year after year after year for as long as they've been doing their shows. Can you fix All-Star Weekend? It's just boom, little easy free throw right at the midpoint of the season. Not even a free throw. It's a layup. It is a layup. Just You could you could talk about it every year if you want. And part of the reason why you can have that every year is to this point, has any league really gotten it right? I think the NBA is at a point where the NBA's all-star game is watchable and is what you want. It's all the stars showing off a little bit. and But that really wasn't the league that, that did anything about that. In fact, this happened four or five years ago that LeBron James and Steph Curry as there was rumor of all-star game going the all-star game going away LeBron James and Steph Curry kind of led by example and said we're going to try as hard as we can at this all-star game and everyone else will follow suit we're going to be the leaders on this front and that happened I that first all-star game they did that I believe was 2018 where it was like Kevin Durant last shot at uh Guarding Steph Curry at the buzzer, guys scrambling around, close game. Like it was a great basketball game. Uh, the last couple of years, I haven't watched as much, but have seen highlights and whatnot of, and maybe that's dwindled a little bit since then. It's hard to maintain that first All Star game where they w- decided to do that. They were just like sky high in terms of effort. Um, since then, maybe it hasn't maintained the same amount. I still think the NBA, though, is in the best place with their game, but it's more about the nature of the sport rather than anything the NBA themselves did. Football, I think football has finally maybe gotten it right. They realized the nature in which football is played, we just can't play a football game anymore. We can't play a real football game. It looks ridiculous out there when guys are not trying. You can't really hide from not trying or not putting in 100% effort. So they decided, screw it, finally, we're going to throw it out. 
We're going to do all these skills competitions, but then also we're going to do a flag football game. And I got to be honest, the flag football game was pretty good. It was a pretty good watch. Maybe that was just because it was the first year. I don't know. I feel like this could work in part because the NFL's flag football game for the Pro Bowl, it, there's no pads, so there's no hitting. So you're seeing that athleticism on display. All those guys without pads are insanely fast, and they're getting creative with it. Stephon Diggs, I mean, threw an interception, but he's throwing passes out there. There's laterals and whatnot, and it was a, it was a fun watch. So I think the Pro Bowl maybe has gotten it right for a little bit. Baseball, I don't know. I mean – just it is what it is, I guess. Baseball is the one sport we really don't have to try to play it in general. So they maybe can get away with the all-star game. Hockey's the one. Hockey of the four right now, I think, is at rock bottom for what do you do. I liked that they went to three-on-three overtime a couple of years ago, and I still believe that three-on-three overtime is better than five-on-five over or five-on-five um, for the all-star game. But it's still, it's pretty unwatchable. Hockey, especially just because you can so tell when guys aren't putting in effort. Other sports, it's easier to hide. You cannot hide from it in hockey. And it just, it doesn't, it looks less like it's it's actual sport than I would say the other ones do. Um, maybe football is close when the helmets and pads are on. But uh, hockey right now, now the football doesn't have pads and helmets on. They're last for this. So is there anything the NHL can do? Is there some version of what the Pro Bowl did that the NHL could do? I did think about, all right, they went to flag football. Why doesn't hockey go to street hockey? Why don't we put all the NHL All-Stars in a street hockey court and they'll be running around out there wearing their jerseys with shorts on and we'll do that. But there is a good counterpoint to that, that if they already look like they're not trying on skates, what are they going to look like when they're on shoes? Uh, not running. So, I don't really know what that would look like. I guess I could you could try it as like a side event, as like a skills competition before deciding, but I don't know what you do. That's the problem here. I don't know what the fix is. I don't really think there is a fix. So maybe you just have to live with this is this unwatchable this unwatchable product is going to be what what we got to go with for a long for forever in perpetuity. Um so I don't know if there's a fix. If you got a thought on a fix for the All-Star game that is creative or you think could work, uh, again, at Sneaky Joe Sports, at Lockdown Sabres on Twitter, you could chime in that way, or at our Lockdown Sabres YouTube channel if you comment below. I would love to see some ideas because I'm usually an ideas guy and I got nothing on this front. I am I'm bone dry when it comes to ways to fix the NHL All-Star game. Now, also on All-Star weekend, the skills contest. So awkward. I don't mind the contests themselves. I thought the golf one was awesome. That was the best one. The best thing of the week was Johnny Goudreau, Nick Suzuki, who ended up winning it, um, Jason Robertson, and who was the fourth. But whoever, those guys, uh, they played golf with hockey pucks and hockey sticks. And it was cool watching them. Okay, you get the wrist shot over the water. And then the putting with the hockey stick. That was the best contest by far. That one took place earlier in the day, though. All the stuff that was going on in the arena in Sunrise, Florida. So awkward. And part of that is just hockey players in general. Not that great on camera. Not that, you know, 
don't have those infectious personalities like you'll see, especially in, in football and basketball uh, and baseball too a little bit, but less so in baseball. Hockey, just, man, I can't watch it. I can't watch the interaction. The broadcasters especially, they're trying. They just they can't do fun. They can't. They're they're incapable of being just, you know, their normal selves. You know, it's just it's always awkward. And Kevin Weeks was awkward, and Steve Levy and Messier and Chelios. The only guy I would think of that entire ESPN broadcast team that to me did not seem awkward was PK Subban. PK Subban did a great job. I, I'm more of PK Subban. I don't know if I need him on the ice, you know, being a part of setting up the skills contests on the ice. Um, but I wouldn't mind if it was a one-man show, if it was just P.K. Subban, because they got to get these other – do non-hockey broadcasters, please, like entertainers of some sort, Charles Barkley, I don't know, someone that's not the, the typical hockey, you know, color analysts and whatnot, because they just – they can't they can't check in to that non-serious mode, just having fun mode. They can't do it. They're incapable. So I need them off my television screen as soon as possible. Um, when we come back – one other thing from All-Star Weekend, Rasmus Dahlin, and a stunning thing I saw from Rasmus Dahlin this week as we transition back into the season. I do want to talk about Dahlin at the All-Star festivities, but also the Norris Trophy Chase. Now that we enter the, the post-All-Star Weekend ver- uh, uh, area of the season here, Dahlin and the Norris, how real is it that he could win that trophy? And then we'll get some other stuff. Dylan Cousins, Patrick Kane, and uh, the Sabres playoff race around them before they get back in action. All ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are brought to you by Athletic Greens. AG1 is the best stuff to have when you're looking for high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to get your day started Right. It's a special blend of ingredients that supports your gut health, your nervous system, and your immune system, as well as your energy recovery, focus, and aging. So, uh, AG1, you can either do it with the shakes. You dump in just the, the little scoop of uh, of the powder into your shake, whether it's water and ice or just water, just ice. Uh, you can do it either way. Uh, there's also the drops. I like doing that right into my water or coffee, and you don't even notice it's there. You get less than one gram of sugar, no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything. And it is cheaper than your coffee habit, less than $3 per day to invest in your health and invest in this all-in-one nutritional insurance. AG1 is a small micro habit with big benefits. It's the one thing that you can do every day to take great care of yourself. Your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D on top of it. Athletic Greens, a climate-neutral certified company. In 2020, AG purchased carbon credits that support projects protecting old-growth rainforests. For every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. And in 2020, AG1 donated over $1.2 million in meals to kids in 2020. So right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop in a cup of water or with ice every day. That's it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of the immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs to take on the go with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Take over your health and take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. 
Jody Biasi back here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. Recapping All-Star Weekend. Uh, wasn't the greatest watch. Hopefully you missed it. The one thing you might not want to not have wanted to miss was Rasmus Dahlin. So Rasmus Dahlin goes to the All-Star game in, in place of Tage Thompson, who did not go to the game, did, was dealing with an upper body injury. I'm not going to bring up the fact that he seemingly threw a football 50 yards in the Bahamas with his Sabre teammates. We saw that on Instagram. Don't care. If, he's, if he faked an injury to get away from the All-Star game, I don't care because the guy got to go to the Bahamas. Darlene went anyway. He was deserving too. Darlene was in the hardest shot contest. I told you on Friday that I believe the reason that Darlene was in hardest shot was Thompson was set to be in hardest shot. And then when he pulled out, rather than move everybody around, the NHL just said, we'll just put Darlene in there. And Darlene talked about, like, he was excited for this. He said it on an NHL Network interview. Um, he said it with a Sabres interview that he was interested in seeing what he could get. And I think he really surprised himself. Rasmus Darlene in the hardest shot. I, I didn't think, just for my expectations, if he even said it. He said he thinks he could get to 95. I was stunned that he was able to get above 100. And, in fact, he got to 102.3 which was the second highest total behind the winner of the tournament, Elias Pettersson. 102.3 for Rasmus Dahlin. And that, for me, the most, the biggest reason that is incredible is when Rasmus Dahlin entered the National Hockey League, that was the biggest weak spot of his game. His biggest weakness coming into the league was his shot. He had all the skating in the world that you could ask for, all the edge work, all the speed. He had the hands and the, the ability to deke. He had uh, the, the awareness of both offensively and defensively. The hockey IQ was off the charts for understanding where your opponent is and how to get around them and, and what, how to def defend them. Even his physicality. I mean, that, was, that has grown more and more as time's gone on. But even coming into the league, he would throw his body around a little bit. Um, just because he's so strong in his skates, he could. The shot was the weakness. And 102.3. I mean, he's in double-digit goals this year, so we know that his shot has gotten better as he's gotten a little bit older, 22 years old now. He's grown into his body a bit more, a little bit more muscular, and I do think just that maturity um, in, his, in his physique is why he's able to shoot the puck a lot better now than he used to. But 102.3 is not something I had on the bingo card for Darlene going into that weekend. I thought maybe 95, 96, he far cleared that. And to finish second place, finish above Alex Ovechkin, the great job by Darlene in the skills contest. In the game itself, the games itself, one goal, one assist, you know, whatever. He played around there with the team. No, Nobody really was, you know, going that hard anyway. But his weekend was to me was more about that one clapper that he just ripped for 102.3. So now that we exit the All-Star game, Darlene and the Norris. How much are fans really thinking about Rasmus Dahlin and the Norris Trophy? I, I am here and there because it's it's important. I, it's not as important as this team making the playoffs, but the reason I say it's important, it's historic. A Sabre has never really been in the running for the Norris Trophy. It's a, it's a franchise history that does not really feature at any point a defenseman that would have been called the best defenseman in hockey or been in the conversation for it. I mean, Phil Housley had seasons where he put up, you know, 90 to 100 points or more. Um, 
But he always seemed to be criticized back then for playing his own end, and his reputation was not that of the best defenseman in hockey. He was the best offensive defenseman in hockey. But I looked. Housley never finished higher than fifth for the Norris Trophy. In fact, top three are considered finalists for the Norris Trophy. One time in Sabres history has a defenseman finished in the top three for the Norris Trophy. And that was Jim Schoenfeld in 1980. He finished in third place, and with that was like 15% of the vote, so he didn't really finish all that close. Brian Campbell, by the way, also finished in fifth place. Um, but it was Schoenfeld in 80 that finished in third. Darlene's going to finish in the top three. He's going to be a finalist. Uh, in the latest odds, he is tied with Kale McCarr for the third best odds, but he's right there behind Adam Fox and Eric Carlson. And I think there is a path there. But I wonder, does one of these two things have to happen or does, does both of these two things have to happen? Darlene to either lead defenseman in points or Sabres make the playoffs. Does he get in? Does he get it? If, if the Sabres make the playoffs, does Darlene win the Norse? I, I wonder if that might put him over the top of Eric Carlson, even if he doesn't top him in points. He could top him in points, though. I mean, he is back. He's 11 points back. Carlson's got 66. Darlene's got 55. So he's trailing, but it's not impossible that he would be able to get there uh, on the point total. So maybe both of those things need to happen. I think if both of those things happen, it's un it's undeniable. He's the Norris Trophy winner. I think right now it's arguable right now that he's the best defenseman in hockey. But we know how these awards go. They Voters just stare at the point totals. They don't actually watch the games through and through. But... It's all about story building, right? Like that that's what these awards are about. What the the voters want to see, the writers want to see is a story. And the headline of Dalene kind of carries the Sabres or helps the Sabres break their 11-year playoff drought and leads the NHL in points for a defenseman. I think it's undeniable that he is the Norris Trophy winner. And again, I think that it's very possible that he gets it just by doing one of those two things. But that's the path for Dalene to win the Norris. He currently sits at plus 375. So not super likely that he gets it, but not impossible either. Again, because Carlson's the favorite at plus 230. So there's not a wide margin between Carlson, Fox, McCarr, and Dalene. They're all right there. And it's a four-horse race at the moment for this award. Um, and again, it would be, would it be the most significant award a Sabre, has, a Sabre skater has ever won? You can't say player because Dominic Hasek won multiple, you know, uh, heart trophies, let alone Vesna trophies, but like major awards from a Sabres skater. I, Gilbert Perot never won the heart trophy. Um, he won the Lady Bing. Like Briere never won the heart trophy. Uh, no one's ever won the Rocket. I mean, Alex McGilney co won the Rocket right with uh, with Timu Solani in 1993. Um, and maybe Tage Thompson can still run down McDavid for that this year, but I'm not, I'm not hopeful of that. The Norris, no one's ever won the Norris. It would be one of the most significant achievements by a Sabre individual of all time. Uh, if Dowling's able to pull that off. Um, I think he'll win one in his career. I think he will be the first Sabre to ever win a Norris. And I, again, do think that this year it's very possible that that happens. So just something to monitor as we go on here, the odds for that. And also how far behind Carlson he is. All right, when we come back, kind of a, a grab bag of a bunch of different things for uh, for the final segment of today's show. Dylan Cousins' contract, Patrick Kane trade update, uh, and also the playoff race around the Sabres in the next day or two. That's all ahead here on the Locked on Sabres podcast. We are presented by 
FanDuel. The only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. And we are really excited to tell you about our new sports betting partner for Locked On because they are the number one sports book in America. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. If you download FanDuel now, you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no-sweat first bet. You get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will win uh, or who will score a touchdown as well. I love looking at the hockey prop bets. Um, and for the Super Bowl, I'm looking at prop bets as well, over-under on Patrick Mahomes, uh, passing yardage totals, over-under on even the rushing, Isaiah Pacheco, Jalen Hurts. The FanDuel Sportsbook app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. And best of all, you get paid instantly your winnings. Sometimes if you're a streamer like me, you'll get paid out before you even see the result. Uh, that Instant winnings uh, paid back into your account. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash locked on to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That is FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the National Football League. Sneaky Joe DiBiase back here on the Locked On Sabres podcast. Okay, we got some grab bag stuff to kind of, you know, what's the uh, to rapid fire through here at the end of today's show uh, before we get out of here. So I'm going to start with a um, an update on Dylan Cousins. And this report comes courtesy of Chad Didiminisis uh, of Expected Buffalo, who tweeted on... Uh, Saturday, I want to start with nothing is done yet. However, it sounds as though Cousins and the Sabres have made good progress towards a long-term extension. Wouldn't surprise me if the cap hit is right around Thompson's new deal, maybe even just under. So that's the update on Dylan Cousins. And the fact that it would come mid-season, I guess, is a little bit interesting, but the Sabres not really wanting to play around. Um, and it is kind of how they've been doing business. I, Cousins is not quite Samuelson or Thompson for this, but this is a guy that they're not even playing around with. Get him signed. Get him signed early to a long-term deal. I'm When he says long-term, I'm taking that to mean a seven- or eight-year deal like the other guys signed um, and have that cap hit on the books long into the future so that three, four years from now, we're really looking at it and thinking, wow, how the hell did they get that guy on that cap it? Because they're already going to have that with Thompson, and I think they're already going to have that with Samuelson as well. Now, the, the most interesting part of that for me is the fact that Cousins would be right around Thompson's 7.1 million or even right below it. I have been operating under the, the assumption or just the guess that he'll make more than Thompson because Thompson is so, so discounted. At that rate. I mean, he's a nine plus million dollar hockey player already, $10 million hockey player. So for him to be making 7.1 million, I thought Cousins would come on top of that because I think Cousins is above a $7.1 million player. I think Cousins is like an $8 million player already with $10 million upside, maybe nine and a half million dollar upside. 10 million for him might be a little bit of a stretch. Um, but I thought he was worth more than that. And if he, right below that, let's say it's 7 million, I, man. That's an amazing contract for the Sabres if they get Dylan Cousins locked up, locked up to like 2029, uh, 2030 or 2030 at uh, at $7 million per year. So we'll see. That'll make things a lot easier on the Sabres going forward with their long-term cap structure if it is that low. Um, but again, we might have something soon. 
I guess, coming up in the uh, in the next little bit. Uh, he did add, by the way, not, Chad's heard nothing on Darlene in an extension. He is up for a contract after next season. He's at $6 million. That's going to be a massive deal. Um, but he did say, I'm confident that that gets done early summer probably, which makes sense. All right, other stuff to get to uh, before we get out of here. Patrick Kane. We've been wondering little by little, are the Sabres going to do this? I hope they don't, but fans are interested in it, and he's probably going to get traded at the deadline. Or he'll walk in free agency and go somewhere. Maybe both. And uh, Dave Pagnota from the fourth period wrote about this on Monday, that Kane has been informed of his trade options by his agent. And the two teams he mentioned were the New York Rangers and the Dallas Stars, two teams that are both in playoff spots. Dallas is first place in the West. The Rangers are pretty solid in a spot, not there yet, um, but would help both teams. Now, Kane apparently is saying he doesn't know what he wants to do yet, and he might take it right up until the deadline. So we'll see. I guess, though, every report we see about Patrick Kane where the Sabres are not mentioned, I'm going to take it as a win. Not all of you are going to take it as a win. I know there are a lot of fans who want to see it happen. For me, I don't think it's a good idea for Buffalo at all, especially via trade. Trade, to me, makes no sense. You want to sign him as a free agent and you weren't going to do anything with the money anyway, fine, be my guest. I'm not going to hate it, but I'm definitely not going to love it. Every report we see about the trade market and the Sabres not mentioned, I'm taking as a W. I don't expect them to be involved in that process. I do not think they will get into it. Um, but again, everyone we see that they're not in, good. All right, and then playoff race. We've got the playoff race. Let's go to the hunt uh, to finish today's show. The New York Islanders are back in action on Monday night. And they are uh, one point behind the Sabres. They have played two more games. So the Sabres left three games in hand after Monday night on the Islanders. They are at the Philadelphia Flyers, and they are a slight, fav- uh, slight favorite in what is Bo Horvat's debut with the Islanders. The Islanders are minus 130 on the money line at FanDuel to win against Philadelphia. So go Flyers in that game. You get some scoreboard watching there. And then the other one. This, to me, is the more important game to watch, despite the fact Florida is still behind New York. The Panthers are... At 54 points, two behind the Sabres. They've played two more games. They are home to the Tampa Bay Lightning, and they are right down the middle, plus 100, even money. Uh, I'll pick them to win this game. By the way, if you are scoreboard watching and you want to watch one of these two games, the Tampa-Florida game is a way better entertainment value. Just so much better. It's going to be a much better brand of hockey, or ver- just a product to watch than Flyers and Islanders. That's going to be a... a tough to watch but panthers and lightning you could get a lot of fireworks so go go lightning in that game go flyers that'd be good for the sabers the penguins by the way if you're wondering they are not next in action until tomorrow night on tuesday night they are home to the colorado avalanche and the washington capitals uh i believe like the sabers are on their bye week yeah they're not in action until saturday at the boston bruins so that's what you got coming up on the Sabres uh, scoreboard watch uh, for the next couple of days. So that's going to do it for us. Thanks, everybody, for listening here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. I believe we're going to have Corey Pronman of The Athletic on tomorrow's show, just figuring that out because I do want to get to it's a lot of prospect stuff this week as uh, we have some time between games. We could check in on Isaac Rosine in Rochester, uh, of Gary Kulik as well, and then a lot of the guys that are playing either overseas or in juniors. So that's coming up here on the Lockdown Sabres podcast. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Go Flyers, go Islanders, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow here on Lockdown Savers.